0: Wow, wow, that is incredible, I'm so glad to see every one of you here, I mean that with all of my heart, every one of you, I'm so glad to see you, but there's one person in particular that I'm really glad to see here today, and uh, oh, here I am, If you remember last Easter, for those of you who were here last Easter, I was supposed to be here, but the night before, I decided to change that light out up there. That's exactly 20 feet, and I was on this ladder that Ray Virus was holding, and uh, (laughs) hey, I made Ray hold that ladder. And, uh, and he kept telling me, PG, don't do it. PG, don't do it. And uh, anyway, it started to move and slide and finally went down. And so I fell an entire 20 feet and landed on my back on the ladder. And they talked me into going to ER. And, uh, and so I was, I was glad I did. But praise the Lord, there was no broken bones. There was no internal injuries, and uh, had a bunch of owies. But I want to tell you, God gave me a miracle. And the miracle was, you can see the slope of the ceiling above you. The ladder is heading right for those windows. It's not going to get to the windows, but very close, the bottom of the ladder is right here, approximately, about right there. And as it fell, I'm going with it. But at some point during my fall, I didn't even realize it was happening. I was going like this. So I was going like this and started going backwards. Now, if I would have landed on my face and what have you, who knows what would have happened? There's some medical people here. You probably think, first of all, that was stupid to get up there. Well, bypass that. <laughs> Just give me the diagnosis, you know? <laughs> and so I landed on my back, and uh, within about actually four or five minutes, I got up and began walking. And I thought, I- I'm good. I'm good. I don't need no ambulance. You know, I I don't need a rescue squad to come. And and, uh, then I got a little bit dizzy, and they said, well, you don't have a choice anymore. Boom. (laughs) So Sunday morning of Easter, and Neil Neil comes, our associate pastor, my son, and he comes to the hospital and said, you know, like, wow, Dad, I can't believe this. I got the neck brace on and going through MRIs and everything else. And uh, he says, should I prepare for tomorrow? I said, you should prepare. <laughs> and he did a phenomenal job. Hallelujah. Now that miracle I'm referring to, I have no doubt in my mind, God sent an angel, or he decided to bypass the angel and said, I got this one. <laughs> How many things that happens sometimes? <laughs> and he brought me this way. Against the momentum that I should have had to kept continuing that way now I tell you all that because God is still performing miracles today you may have came here today in need of a miracle well if you're looking for me to help you with that miracle or anybody else we don't perform miracles but we know someone who does And we have the faith to believe that with Him all things are possible. Throughout Scripture, we have seen miracles upon miracles upon miracles. And so we gladly give the report, a good report, that nothing is too hard, nothing is too difficult for our God to do. And if you're in need of a miracle, then I'm going to ask that today you would just uh, ask the Lord... Father, you know what I'm in need of, and that's the purpose of today is to really, first of all, I'm going to give you about five reasons why we are here today, and it's all about celebrating something. So the first thing that we're going to celebrate is that, man, Jesus Christ is our king. Yeah, hit it, bros. Hallelujah. The the King of the Jews. the King of Righteousness, King of Hallelujah. He is the King of the of Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yes. Amen. Ooh, yes. 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 Tap Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Hallelujah. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you haven't figured it out by now, we're just a little bit radical here about the one that we know has saved us, sanctified us as our soon-coming king. Now, if I was to say, go Ohio State, the roof would be blown off. Go Buckeyes. If you're in Iowa, where I'm from, you go, go Hawkeyes. And everyone's all excited, and I mean, they are just, you know. If you're in Michigan, you go, go Hawkeyes! (laughs) Praise the Lord. So it's okay to be radical about Jesus who saves your soul. And he can put the points up on the board too, by the way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we are here to celebrate Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, and He is our King. Praise His name. Let me tell you what else. Amen. We are here today. Our purpose is to honor His sacrificial death that afforded us forgiveness. How many has received the forgiveness of your sins by your Savior? Then, hallelujah, we celebrate that. And the power of His resurrection. Number three, we're here to experience the lost and found box. How many was lost in the box and you got found? And you got taken out of the box. I made that up, by the way. You're no longer in the lost and found box. Number four, we're here to purpose. Our purpose is to get our eyes off of the horizontal and onto the vertical. When you are looking this way, which we all do normally, we look at who we are, we look at our circumstances, our situations. Some of you came in here today, and there's a lot of us here, so it's undoubtedly there are those here with issues. You came here with a health issue. You came here with a marriage issue. You came here with maybe a drug problem, alcohol problem. Maybe you came here with, with a, a job that, you know, is just teetering. You, you're not making enough money. It's your horizontal. It's what you're seeing all the time. Jesus was placed up on a cross, and even those who despised him had no other choice than to look up. It reminds me when it says in Scripture, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I always think about that when Jesus is on the cross you know, if we even look at our own cross, it's elevated up there a ways. It's so that we look up. It's better to look up than to look horizontal. Yeah, right. Because when you keep looking at bad things that are horizontal, well, it's just going to weigh you down. But if you look up, if you change your horizontal to your vertical, oh, hallelujah. In fact, you know what it says in, uh, it says in Scripture in Acts chapter 3 about looking up, raising your eyes. In fact, uh, and, and to look at at the person you need to look at. Listen to this. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for, for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now listen to this. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. Jesus is saying right now to you, look at me. The beggar, the lame man who had never walked, he was placed there. You think he wanted to beg? No way. You think he wasn't jealous of those who could walk and run? Absolutely. But listen to the rest of it. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. You see, when you're looking at someone who can help you, when you're looking up, when you look to Jesus, what are you doing? You're getting your eyes off of your own infirmity, and you're looking at the one who can heal you, the one who can take your circumstances and Take your circumstances out of your hands. Hallelujah. Oh, let's go to the rest of it. Then Peter said, silver or gold or Visa card. That's the Peterson version. I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Now, that's faith, Uh by the way. You know, I'm a minister. I've prayed for lots and lots of people over the years. It takes some faith to say, I'm going to pray for your infirmity. Give me your hand. Let's get up. Whoo! How many have just a a little fear over that one, huh? But in the power of Jesus' name, Peter did exactly that. He helped him up and Instantly, you see, he helped the man's faith. He helped the man's faith to think, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Oh, listen to the rest of us. It. It's great. So he says, uh, it says, instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts being quite out of character. He walked, he ran, he began to leap, and making a total spectacle of himself. Uh, I'm not quoting that from the Word, but he began to walk and leap and jump because he had just received his healing. Oh, hallelujah. Walking and leaping, and best of all, praising God. I love my introduction this morning you thought that was the message ah, that's the introduction someone here today I would challenge you you've, you've heard some good music you've been delighted by the by the kids and the, and the, the signing the veil coming down during the midst of the song if, if you really maybe you're newer to the word of God Just let me tell you real quick, what was all that about the veil, if you were wondering? Well, the temple, it was called Herod's Temple. And when Jesus went to the cross, when he gave up his final breath, his last breath, something took place. An earthquake happened. The sky became black. It began to lightning thunder, because the Savior, the Savior, God, God, uh, he anointed the earth, and he shook the earth up, and everyone around Jesus, even the Roman soldiers, the one in charge, the centurion, said, truly, this is the Son of God. And while that was happening in the temple was this curtain in this very holy place called the Holy of Holies. No one was allowed back there except for the high priest. And there was a curtain that weighed hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It's not like what we have here. And that curtain, at the same moment Jesus died, ripped in half. It represented... Basically, the old law and the old covenant, and it acknowledged the one who came with the new covenant. So that's why we sing what we sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you got to look up, my friends. you got to look up. My message is entitled, The Reckless Love of God. That was one of the songs that we sang this morning. Now let me tell you this. God is not, nor ever has been, nor ever will be reckless. But sometimes his love is so... There was a, there was a, a song some years ago called uh, The Extravagant Love of God. Sometimes his love is so extravagant, it is so impossible to define, it is so incredible to behold... Uh, it's like that video. Don't you wish you had the vocabulary to describe who Jesus is? But sometimes his love is so overwhelming that it almost seems reckless in the fact that he's coming after you. He's coming after you. He loves you that much. And so I want to just share a scripture And it says in a scripture passage, and it says in Matthew 18, 12 through 14. I love this first few words. It's going to really challenge you. Are you ready? What do you think? That's what Jesus said. He's talking to his followers and he says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine? on the hills, and go to look for the one that wandered off, and if he finds it, I tell you the truth. Don't you love it when Jesus says, I tell you the truth? Has Jesus ever lied to you? No way. Impossible, he can't. He says, I tell you the truth. He is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. But he begins with the the statement, the question, what do you think? What do you think? My dad and I were it. I was in a single-parent family. My mom passed away when I was seven. And... My mom was a great believer. My dad was not a believer. And so, growing up, it was my choice if I wanted to go to church or not, if I found someone to take me. My dad shocked me one day on a Sunday morning because I told him there's going to be a special speaker at church. And his name is Dr. Charles Leeming. And I could almost detect a glistening in his eyes. This man who has no connection really spiritually. And I brought up that he's going to be speaking this Sunday, this morning. And he looked at me, I don't know, maybe I'm about 10 years of age at that time. And he says, when you see him, Tell him who you are and who your mom was. And ask him if he will sing a song called the 90 and 9. I'm totally blown away. And so the song we sang today, Reckless Love, talks about the 99. That he'll come chasing after that one. He'll leave the 99 and go chasing after the one. And so just being a you know, a little boy who's going to do what his dad says, I don't question it. I don't say, well, dad, why do you want to do that? No. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm thinking some years later, as a minister, if some little boy came up to me that comes to church by himself and said, I was wondering if, if so-and-so could sing a song. It's for my dad. It's not for me. Well, Dr. Charles Leaming had a very, very warm spot in his heart for my overall family. He would even stay with us, which I didn't know at that time, when he came to evangelize. And so somehow I got the opportunity to talk to him before his message and what have you, and he sang that song. Now I'm gonna tell you it really blessed me, but I didn't really care. I was just doing my duty, and I thought, okay, that's a nice song. I'm straight up with you. The song did not touch me. Well, I got home and, and I told my dad, hey, Dr. Leaming, he uh, sang that song. And I didn't figure it out till years later. My dad, he is a lost sheep. Even in his fallenness, even... And his walk, that is not a walk with the Lord, it's a walk with the world. Even my dad came out with a spiritual thing that amazed me, but it didn't amaze me until years later. He saw himself, you see, my dad, and this is not about my dad in this, on this beautiful Sunday, it's about Jesus, but just to emphasize the direction that we're going. My dad had a terrible relationship with his dad who was an alcoholic, very abusive. He would uh, beat the kids. He would even beat uh, my dad's mom who was an invalid. And so he left, when he was in eighth grade, left the house, went and got a job. His first salary he spent on buying a washing machine for his mom. Many of you are too, uh, a good portion of you are too young to remember this, but uh, some of the old washing machines, they had those, those rollers. They'd crush your hand, send you to the hospital, amputation. No, I mean, they're, they're just ugly. They're, you know. But he bought that for her. You see, his view of a dad was one of abuse, of, of uh, alcoholism, and yet, to him, this song, this scripture meant something that Jesus would do. In fact, you know what? I was reading a commentary, and the man who wrote the commentary said, Actually, this is just, you know, it's a parable, so this would never really happen because, you know, a shepherd would not leave all of his sheep, 99 sheep, to go after one. I mean, come on, you know, think about it. But, you know, I kind of remembered in scripture, Wasn't there a time when Jesus was born and there were shepherds on a hill and the angels came and announced that Jesus was born and they said, you'll find him in a stable? Didn't they leave all their sheep and go? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got good news for you folks. God the Father knows how to be a father. I, th- I thought I had a good dad. I think I'm a good dad. But no father here compares to the father in heaven. Yet this father loved this world so much that he actually gave his son for all of us. Blows my mind. I don't understand it. And so Jesus is giving a parable, and a parable is a story, and the story says again that he will leave the and99, the shepherd will, to go find the one that is lost. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he, if he finds it, tell the truth. I tell you the truth, he is happier about one sheep than about 99 that did not wander off, in the same way your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm happy to tell you that my brother, who's an awesome believer, awesome Christian, we had had a conversation with my dad not long before he died. And we found out some of his very quiet disposition in his quiet disposition that he prayed all the time. He prayed constantly. I'm thinking, whoa, you're kidding. You're kidding. So my dad, I believe with all of my heart, is in heaven. And I rejoice. And I think that he wanted that evangelist to sing that song maybe to communicate a little bit to the evangelist you remember me Kenny Peterson yeah I'm the I'm the husband of Viola Peterson who was an awesome Christian and you'd stay at our house and I would be always this gruff individual in the background acting like I don't like anybody hallelujah hallelujah Aren't you glad that Jesus can turn lives around? How many would just say here with me, you've had your life turned around because of your relationship with Jesus Christ? You know what? Hallelujah. 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 And so this tells us that Jesus is the great shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was of the lineage of David. David who was actually called the great shepherd king. He was a shepherd king. And we read about David. David was the one who stepped up and volunteered to take on Goliath, the giant, nine-foot-tall giant. And he volunteered because he says, I know I'm a teenager, but I've got experience. I'm a shepherd, and I take care of the sheep, and I have held off a bear." I have held off a lion. I killed them when they attacked my flock. And I will do the same thing to this individual over here who is loud and obnoxious and and, uh, abusive to the name of our Lord. And I will slay him. Now, folks, we need a little bit more courageousness like David had. Like David had. And so Jesus is the great shepherd. We read about it. David, uh, it says uh, in Psalms 78 70, and 72, it says, he chose David, God did, and took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, he brought him to the shepherd of his people, Jacob, to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and skillful hands, he led them. David was experienced enough and qualified enough to write Psalms 23. We won't share the whole psalm but it begins the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. And then in Hebrews 13 the last verses it says may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep. Who is Jesus? He is the great what? Shepherd of the sheep. And may he work with us in what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom whom be glory and power forever. Now here's a strange thing. We read a lot about Jesus being a shepherd. He says all the sheep. How many here is a sheep? Yes you are. The sheep know my voice. Do you know the voice of the Lord? The sheep know my voice because he's the shepherd. But the craziest thing, Jesus was a shepherd and he was a lamb. He was both. He was a shepherd and yet he was the lamb. And the only way for salvation to take place in the world was for the shepherd to become a lamb and to become a lamb that was going to be sacrificed. Again, if if you're maybe uh, not a Bible reader, you didn't, really haven't had uh, you know much Bible reading in your life. Jesus came to die for us, and he was referred to as the Lamb of God. Jesus was sent by his Father, who said, "You know what? I'm sending you as the Lamb." How many remembers the story in the Bible about Abraham, who took his son up to the mountaintop, and there he was going to sacrifice his son. What was that son? He was a lamb, in a sense. But hallelujah, he got delivered. Jesus didn't get delivered. Jesus loved me so much. I, I can't begin to tell you how much he means to me. He gave up his life for me. Two weeks ago, in France, a military police colonel was involved and they're also involved with policing the, the local cities and there was a hostage situation and a young man about 22 years of age connected with ISIS had already killed two people and wounded a few others and he was in a building and he had hostages they were negotiating and all the hostages were released except one hostage And this police colonel volunteered, I'll go in there. Here I am. You got a police colonel. I'm going to go in. Just let the hostage go. And that took place. And within a short time, the terrorist shot and killed the colonel. And now he's being heralded around the world for his bravery and his sacrifice. The Bible says, no greater love hath a man than he who will give his life for another. Jesus gave his life for me. This colonel, I have nothing but incredible respect, admiration. But while he gave his life for a few, Jesus not only gave his life for all of us, I want you to hear this, he not only gave his life for all of us, all of our sins. I want you to think for just a moment. I know it's a negative thought. But think of all the sins that you've ever committed. There's probably some of you not even share because they've been so horrendous. I've got thought things I don't want to share. I think that speaks for every one of us there, doesn't it? When Jesus died, he was not only dying for the people in the world, all of their sins was upon him. There have been those before who said that Jesus died a quicker death on the cross than most because of all that he was bearing upon himself. Your ugliest sin, Jesus died for. That is reckless love. That is kind of the best definition of love that almost in a way doesn't make sense. Why would you? What the police colonel did was somewhat reckless. He didn't know this person, but it was his, he felt his job. And also, I think he probably had a love to some degree for that person, this woman who was allowed to leave. Now folks have you encountered the reckless love of God because if you haven't man you need to you need to why? Because why carry around the weight the guilt of life when you could be set free and then the Bible says he who has been set free is free indeed that's what the Bible says to us. And today, he's able to make you free. Amen. What is able to make you free? The reckless love of God. Hallelujah. I know the kids are waiting, and they're being awesome this morning. And they're waiting to get out there and do all their fun stuff outside. But before we do, and, and uh, Linda, maybe if I could ask you to come to the keyboard. I want to ask you today have you encountered the reckless love of God I love that lyric in there that he'll even leave the 99 to come find you that's how much he loves you if you would this morning if you give me just a couple moments I want to ask you this if you were to die today do you know where you would go because if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ the Bible is very clear and unfortunately there's been some talk in the news here the last couple of weeks that possibly hell doesn't really exist from the head of the Catholic Church the Catholic Church has always championed that there is heaven, there is hell there is salvation let me tell you what I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it does not declare that there is not a hell. In fact, it does declare, yes there is. And if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, it grieves my heart but that's your destination. I'm not perfect but I can tell you where my destination is going. Jesus is paid my price, my cost. He's redeemed me. Even though I wasn't worthy. Even though I wasn't worthy. This morning, He wants for you to say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. Would you bow your heads with me for a second? Maybe you don't go to church regularly. Maybe uh, this is uh, not an often occasion for you. But really, it has nothing to do with church. It has all to do with Jesus Christ. Church was just God's idea. But what he really wants, he declares this. Oh, I love this. He declares that he would have none to perish, but that everyone would be saved. Now, that's just not going to happen just because, I think, well, God's so merciful. He is merciful. He is giving. But it still requires a desire in your heart for Him to come and sit in the throne of your heart. And I'm asking you today, don't wait another second, another moment. We may never see each other again. I may fall off another ladder You may fall off a ladder. Folks, if you haven't accepted Jesus, so easy. If that's you this morning, I want to accept you, Lord. I want to open up my heart. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple this morning. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And I'm going to pray at the very conclusion. Anybody real quick? Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Hallelujah. God bless you and you. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? There's a lot more that goes along with this. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. What goes along with this whole process is taking it beyond today. Having a relationship with Jesus. But it'll be the best thing you've ever done. There's several here this morning, but would there be anybody else? Real quick, one last time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray. For those of you who raised your hands. In fact, I'm going to invite the whole congregation here today to pray this with me. Because it does good for a believer just to reaffirm his, her faith. So this morning, we're going to pray aloud, and especially if you've raised your hand. This is the beginning of your journey. It ain't the end. You need to become a person who is, who begins to read his Bible, her Bible, who walks daily with the Lord. And what's so awesome is that the closer you get to him, the closer he will get to you. And it's a phenomenal ride. Let me tell you what. Hallelujah. He took a little boy who went to church by himself and he allowed him to know him in his fullness and one day would put a call on his life to become a preacher, a pastor. Can't understand it. Didn't deserve it. But he did it. The reckless love of God. Hallelujah. Folks, would you... Repeat this after me for those of you who would just like to reaffirm your faith today or maybe this is the first time. Father God, I thank you so much for your love that is more than I can comprehend or understand. I thank you for your promises of eternal life with you in heaven and I want to give you my heart I'm asking that you come sit in the throne of my heart and Lord I'm asking please forgive all my sins as far as east is from west help me to follow you now put a brand new spirit within me I'm tired of the horizontal, and I'm putting on the vertical. I'm looking to you as the author, as the finisher of my faith. And everyone said, amen. Amen. If you made that decision for the first time today, I'd love it if you just came up for a few moments and just say, hey, pastor, you know what? I made that that decision today. I'd love that. I'd love that. If you don't with me, find another you know, another Christian. And begin to say, hey, I want to let you know what happened to me. And maybe that person will help you get you on the road to becoming a strong believer. How many, how many would say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being here. And we are ready to let the kids go outside. The most important thing is Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, and Ray is in charge outside, so.